Welcome to Sideline Guideline. Hot topics. News. Fantasy football. Betting. Weekly recaps. Projections. Rankings. Injuries. Your one-stop shop for everything football. All righty. Welcome to Sideline Guideline. Week 6 preview is going down. You got Drizzy Drizzle in the house. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing terrific. I'm All 10 right. and 0 in my two money leagues this year. So this guy, fantasy genius. Yeah, you should listen to Drakey Poo more than uh, just Mr. Me Poo. Um, cause I'm not doing so fucking great. I'll, I'll tell you that for free. I'm not doing great and not having a good time at it too. Uh, but it's all good. Got to keep, uh, keep the faith up. Got a big trade in one of my leagues this week. So, you know, we'll see if things turn, turn around, but staying active, you know, always stay active. Don't stop setting your lineups because your team sucks. All right. Well, without further ado, do we're going to get right into uh, our first segment, the panic versus don't panic. All right. And we got our first candidate of the panic versus don't panic, um, which I'll let you take because uh, I got a couple trades in for that guy and it's not paying off greatly. Uh, it is Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm an Odell Beckham Jr. owner right now, I am panicking. Um, he doesn't like, I was looking at highlights and he doesn't seem to have the same explosiveness that he once had. I think the injuries, uh, have started to take their toll. I, uh, I, I, I do think that he still has value, uh, in fantasy because when he has a big game, he could have a huge game. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think the problem is there's a lot of targets in that offense in Cleveland right now. Um, and I think your better fantasy option at wide receiver is clearly Jarvis Landry uh, on that team. And even uh, I think there's an argument to say that Donovan Peoples-Jones is uh, a better target right now for you in fantasy as well. So that being said, I'm panicking. I'm, I'm trying to sell him. But, you know, you're buying low on uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So there is room for him to come back. But if I own him, in, especially in uh, a redraft league, uh, I am very concerned and, and I am panicking. Yeah, man, I acquired him in both the uh, redrafts. And now, like, I heard, like, that story last week on how Baker Mayfield has, like, a problem with his thrown shoulder, but that he's going to play through mm. the pain. I want that shoulder to get worse because – and it sucks to say that, but Case Keenum is the quarterback behind him, and OBJ would be a monster in fantasy with Case Keenum. Case Keenum would just pepper him with targets like he was doing with Diggs in Minnesota. Yeah, so basically all this to say, right? Like, yeah, I'm panicking about him, but there's there's yeah. room for him to come back. So that's why you, like, when you asked me about acquiring him for, for the redraft leagues, you know, because you were getting a package back and you were improving other areas as well, and he was kind of a throw-in, if you can get a deal like that for Odell Beckham and, and you don't need him, like, as a, as a wide receiver one or wide receiver two in fantasy, you're okay picking him up because there is that future possibility that mm -hmm. he gets back to, to what he's capable of doing. But, yeah, if, if I own him and I invested draft capital in him, I'm panicking. Oh, show. All right. So now we're going to go into our second one, Tyler Lockett uh, from Seattle. So um, if I'm a Tyler Lockett owner, I'm kind of really, really panicking just because he was already slumping from his beginning. Like we had talked about him earlier in some other episode saying to like sell him as fast as possible. And now you got Russell Wilson on IR. So do you really think he's going to do better with Geno Smith? Like, is Geno Smith a guy that is known for throwing 60-yard passes? Because that's what Tyler Lockett, that's his bread and butter. Those 60-yard passes, those long-ass touchdown plays. 
and Geno Smith ain't it, man. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you on that one. I'm definitely panicking. And uh, for exactly the reason that you said, his bread and butter, Tyler Lockett, in terms of being valuable for fantasy, is that he has those games where he scores two touchdowns that are like 70 yards long each, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not uh, – he's never going to be among the, the, the league leaders in receptions, right? But he's usually pretty good for yards. Why? Because of that big playability. And a lot of that rests yeah. on the shoulders of Russell Wilson. So, you know, Geno Smith coming in. I, I really don't see what, what I would do if I own Tyler Lockett, because absolutely it's a hundred percent panic is wait for that. Maybe that one big game, maybe Geno Smith finds him for uh, an 80 yard touchdown in the next couple of weeks. And then you immediately start looking for trades, right? Mm-hmm. See if anybody's willing to take him. See if anybody is maybe a little bit weaker at the wide receiver position and wants that boom or bust wide receiver uh, that they can throw in here and there based on matchups and try to trade him. Uh, because let's face it, his, his fantasy value without Russell Wilson, even with Russell Wilson, it's, it's touchdown dependent and it's big play mm-hmm. dependent. And without Russell Wilson, it's almost non-existent. So. Exactly. Uh, I totally agree with you on that one. Uh, so yeah, man, if, if he gets a big game, go, go ahead and chop him around. Uh, like, uh, Drake, he was saying, uh, so we'll go into the next one, TJ Hawkinson, uh, tight end for da- Detroit. So, uh, since I know you have him in fantasy, I'll let you take it first. Yeah, I've got him in dynasty, right? So in dynasty, I'm not panicking because this is a young tight end who clearly has a lot of skill and he gets a pretty good t- uh, share of the targets in Detroit um, and f- figures that, you know, even if he leaves Detroit and he gets traded somewhere else, he's probably still going to get a lot of targets because this is a guy that, uh, you know, he's, he's got talent, he's got skill, uh, runs good routes, uh, very good with the ball. He, you know, he, he doesn't drop a lot of passes. But if I'm in redraft, I'm a little bit concerned. This is three straight weeks now where he's been under seven fantasy points, right? Mm-hmm. He's getting limited and he's getting a lot of attention because Detroit doesn't seem to have many weapons. He's like their, their primary receiving weapon right now. It, unless they get super healthy or they improve somehow on the wide receiver front, he's getting a lot of attention that he wouldn't normally get. And the, the problem there is that it's resulting in these lackluster fantasy games. So I'm, I'm keeping a, a close eye on him this week. Um, Again, in Dynasty, I'm not panicking, but in Redraft, if, if I have TJ Hawkinson, I'm, I'm, I'm a little iffy. So I won't say full panic, but, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. concerned. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not panicking even on Redraft for Hawkinson, just, just for no. the fact that Quintus Cephas just went down to pretty much for a long time. Um, and they're still bad, so they're going to be playing with a negative game strip pretty much yeah. every single game. So there is lots and lots of garbage time points to be had. Garbage time for Detroit starts pretty much after the first quarter. You're in garbage time after the first quarter, uh, depending on who they're playing. But uh, most of the games, that's what it's going to be. So, And he, he has that big playability, and he has that mindset that he wants to make uh, defense. And he wants to punish those defense for, for thinking the game is over or whatnot. So um i'm still huge on the hawkinson so if there's any uh, hawkinson owners in redraft that are panicking uh how about your boy uh i'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> trade him off your team all right so now we're gonna go into our last panic versus don't panic it is uh mr mike davis running back for atl big one, big one man i am panicking man uh i i thankfully man i did not get him in any of my drafts i was targeting him i was huge on him preseason as pretty much anyone in the industry was like really everyone in the industry was so huge on mike davis and he's been horrible man like he is not like he has been like kind of a safe floor but he has like his ceiling is so low like he does not 
like get any any big plays. He does not get multiple touchdown games. Uh, I, I'd have to check it out and come back to you on your uh, on that. But I don't think he's broken for a run more than 15, 20 yards this year. I don't think he has. Uh, I, I think you might be right on that. I'd, uh, I'd also have to check. But uh, listen, before the like in the draft era, or not the draft era, the draft timing of fantasy football this year, there was a lot of people putting out articles, putting out videos on YouTube, putting out TikToks, saying that this guy could be a league winner mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Yep. And I remember seeing a lot of those videos and being like, how do you figure? Number one, Atlanta's not going to be good this year. They're going to have a negative game script for running backs. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot because they have Matt Ryan. They got Kyle Pitts, uh, a rookie tight end. They invested a ton of draft capital in and a top five pick. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be throwing the ball not only because of the game script, but also because they have young targets that they want to try and develop, right? And you have Matt Ryan, who, uh, as much as I don't like him, he, he's a pretty talented quarterback. He has a good arm. So you know when they fall down, it's going to be going directly to passing. And not only that, he's been surpassed, it seems, on the depth chart by Corderell Patterson. Mm -hmm. Corderell, Corderell Patterson is basically – he's putting up RB1 numbers because he is better in the passing game. Uh, he offers you that gadget-type player dynamic where if you get him the ball in some open space, he can make guys miss. Mm -hmm. And so Atlanta, again, playing from behind a lot, what are they going to do? They're going to put that guy out there that they can get the ball to him in the flats or something and you know let him go and see what he can do for you. And he's getting more points. So really, I mean, yes, it's true that a lot of people snagged Mike Davis pretty late in fantasy drafts, but they got to be super disappointed. And absolutely, it's a hard panic on mm -hmm. Mike Davis because it, there, there doesn't appear to be any path to him becoming very relevant in terms of fantasy. So just just to, 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 to put you into perspective, um, Mike Davis is not even in the top 25 fantasy running backs and uh, Corderell is RB4 for the year right now. Oh, a little, a little laggy. A little bit. He's back. Everyone, don't worry. He, Mr. Drake, is back with us. But yeah, as I was saying, man, it was just like, it's a major panic because as you were pointing out, like Mike Davis isn't even in the top 25 running backs in yeah. fantasy for the season. And Corderell is number four, four, man. So you're definitely panicking. All right. So now we're done with our panicking. So we're going to go into our new segment to get prepared. You prepare for the week. It's kind of a fire round, a question drill, like over, under. Uh, I'm going to go through uh, some guys and uh, some situations. And then Drake, he's going to give me if he goes over or under. All right. So we're going to go into our first one. Cortland Sutton versus Vegas, 12.20 fantasy points. Yeah, I've got over on that one. Uh, Vegas doesn't have a very good uh, pass defense. Their secondary is spotty. Uh, other teams have burned them at the wide receiver position. And Cortland Sutton stands to be a guy that can do that. So I think that's a low projection. And I absolutely would take the, the over on that one. Same. All right. Ricky Seals Jones versus Kansas City, 7.98. And these are all in half PPR, by the way. Yeah, this one, honestly, I'm, I'm torn. I, I want to take the over because KC's pass defense, uh, you know, outside of Tyron Matthew, they don't really have anybody that's, that's playing well. KC's defense has been kind of a joke this season. It's a running joke on the internet that people are making fun of them. But yeah. Ricky Seals Jones is very touchdown dependent. He's only going to beat that if he gets a touchdown. So for reason i'm taking the under i'm taking the over i'm taking the you're over. taking the over yeah i'm taking the over he had like seven targets last week uh he can he catches them all and 
that's pretty much uh, eight points. He gets a touchdown in there, that gets them 14 points or something. All right. Mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke also versus KC 19.28. Yeah, this one you got to smash the over on that, right? This is maybe a start of the week at quarterback Uh, if you've got taylor heineke uh you know you're probably gonna have a pretty good week he's gonna he's gonna put up numbers he can run the ball uh and he's got scoring mclaurin my boy uh and i think both of those guys are gonna have a huge day i think he's gonna have no problem finding mclaurin because they don't have an answer in kansas Mm -hmm. city uh for a receiver of that caliber and uh the result is gonna be for taylor heineke a big day honestly uh i'm surprised that the projection is that low on him. I'm, I'm know, very right? surprised that people are projecting him that low because I honestly think that he's going to be closer to, to 40 than he's going to be to 20. I, yeah. I really do believe you might get over 30 points. So for sure, over on that I, one. I, I fully agree, man, because like, like you were mentioning, Kansas City's defense isn't great. Washington football team's defense isn't great either. And Casey's offense is pretty good. So they're going to be scoring a lot of points. And then Tyler Heineke is going to have to score a lot of points. And we've seen him do it. He can do it. He's, he's a great talent. Uh, and the, the, the man loves to win. Uh, so definitely an over on that one. All right. So we're going to go on to someone that we've talked about already today. Uh, Tyler Lockett versus Pittsburgh at 12.40. Yeah, that one's going to be an under for all the same reasons yeah. I said earlier, right? Uh, you got Geno Smith throwing the ball. You got a strong Pittsburgh defense. Uh, they're going to be getting pressure on Smith. He's going to be forced to dump the ball off a lot. I think they're going to focus a lot more on the run. And I think if any receiver has a good day uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, it's going to be DK Metcalf. It's not yeah. going to be Tyler Lockett. It's going to be under. Nothing to add. I fully agree. So we're going to go with Darius Tony, my boy, versus the LA Rams, uh, 10.24. Darius Tony was the waiver wire pickup uh, of the week last week. Yep. Uh, blew up on the scene. Uh, Kenny Galladay is out, right? So this is basically, he's the wide receiver one in New Sterling York. Sterling Shepard is, is playing though. Sterling Shepard is playing, but I'd still, yep. I think Tony has more upside, uh, but I'm taking the under here. And for one reason and one reason only, Jalen Ramsey. You're going to get some Jalen Ramsey action on Kadarius Tony. And uh, I honestly, I've said this in previous episodes, when I have a wide receiver that's going up against, um, Unless it's an elite wide receiver, if I have somebody going up against Jalen Ramsey, I try to avoid that matchup in terms of fantasy. So I think this is going to be a weak uh, outing for Kadarius Tony. Obviously, keep him on your team. Don't don't drop him or anything. Yeah. It's a great pickup, but um, you, you might not want to start him this week unless you absolutely have to. Ty oh, has been activated. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, I I kind of want to go on the over on that one just because with Sterling Shepard um, being activated and playing, mm-hmm. and we've seen how like Jones peppered Sterling Shepard with targets earlier this season. So if Ramsey starts the game on Tony, uh, he might eventually move to Sterling Shepard, and that's going to open up for Tony. Um, so just for that reason, also I'm just a big sucker for for Kadarius Tony. I I, I love them in college. All right, so we're going to go into our next one. Another rookie, Khalil Herbert, running back for the Bears versus Green Bay at 9.85. Yeah, this is a low projection, but I'm still taking the under. Uh, I think this is going to be a horrible game script for Chicago. They're going to get beat down by Green Bay. It's, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, and what happens, obviously, negative game script for running backs, we're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So if you want anybody from Chicago, uh, you probably want to look at starting some wide receivers. Uh, I, I would avoid 
the running backs in this one because I really don't think it's going to be a fun day for them. I think they're going to be in pass protection more often than they're going to be getting the rock. So mm. uh, I'm taking the under on that one. I'm taking the over definitely on that one because, uh, I mean, Damian Williams down, and I don't know if you've seen some tape of Herbert in college, man. They call him juice yep. because the man has a lot of juice. He's a fast runner. Um, the only thing that scares me is Matt Najee because mm. he's an, a bit of an idiot, so <laughs> I might not know how to use him. Uh, but if not, I think he can get comfortably over 9.85, man. Like, that's a touchdown and two catches and – 40 some yard, you know, like he can easily get over that one. All right. Now into Chase Edmonds versus Cleveland at 10.35. This one, um, you know, I've, I've been following it because I do actually have Chase Edmonds in my redraft. And if I go double check just to make sure I'm not misspeaking on this one, uh, he's questionable and he was limited practice throughout the week. So I, I do believe that if he's healthy and he goes, so make sure that you check on Sunday morning and see what's sure. going on there, right? Um, if he's on a snap count, maybe not. But if he's not on a snap count, I would take the over. Uh, I, I do think they're going to be cooking up some, uh, some screen passes and stuff uh -huh. uh, to try and keep things. Because, you know, Miles Garrett, right? Uh, I don't know if anybody saw his Halloween decorations at his house, but he put a bunch of graveyards for all the quarterbacks that he sacked. So he's kind of on a mission to get to your quarterback. And um, with, with that knowledge i think they're going to be cooking up a lot of screen passes i think it's going to end up especially in half ppr he's going to get a lot of receptions mm -hmm. and i think it's going to be a good day for him so i would take the over but make sure you monitor that yeah. one because he was limited all week for sure i'm hitting the over to the defensive coordinator um defensive coordinator for uh for arizona is out with covid there's a couple of starters uh, defensive starters that are out with covid so i think cleveland is going to be putting some points on them and as we've seen this season chase edmonds is more of their uh catching running back so while we're on this topic our next one is james connor the other running back in arizona at a 10.16 are you having hitting over or under Honestly, uh, this one I think depends. I, I would say kind of similar to what I said about Edmonds, right? Is monitor the Sunday morning situation, right? If Edmonds is on a snap count, then James Conner is going to get more balls, right? Obviously more touches, uh, more opportunities. Like, like you mentioned, Chase Edmonds gets more involved in the receiving action. But if Chase Edmonds is not good to go or if he's on like a significant snap count and they're saying, wow, this guy's only going to get, you know, let's say – 20% of the snaps, then you might want to play James Conner because he'll get the over. But if Chase Evans is good to go, I'm taking the under on James Conner because like you said, he doesn't get as involved in the passing game. And, you know, if Cleveland uh, ends up putting up a lot of points on them, uh, they're going to move towards that. And we're going to run into a situation where he's not necessarily going to have the touches uh, that he would need to get over that. So I'm taking the under, but again, same situation, monitor the Sunday morning and see what's going on with, uh, with Chase Evans before you make a decision. Yeah, I'm taking the under too. All right, so we're going to go with Daryl Williams versus Washington football team. Uh, he's slated to be the starter and replacement of CEH, and uh, they're projecting 11.58. Are you hitting over or under on that one? Over. No problem. This, this might be another start of the week if you've got him. Um, definitely put him in there. I mean, I don't yeah. know if he's your RB1, RB2, but, you know, if you got a flex spot even, like, get that guy in your lineup. I think he's going to have yeah. a good day. Washington's defense is nowhere near what anybody thought it, it might be after they were pretty mm -hmm. good last year. They, they kind of suck this year. So uh, exploit that. Yeah, man. I think, I think uh, Daryl Williams is going to be better for a fantasy than SCH was. So uh, definitely the over on that one. 
All right. Now, uh, next one is Rashad Bateman. He does not have points projected yet. Uh, so let me ask you, what do you think would be a reasonable amount of points for Rashad Bateman in his NFL debut? That's a tough question. It's a debut. So, I mean, I think the reasonable projection that you should probably put on it is somewhere in the nine to 10 range. So maybe nine and a half. Uh-huh. I would be tempted to take the over on that one. I'm going to go lower than that. I'm going to take the under. If it, it would make sense that it'd be projected at like nine, like between eight and 10. And I would definitely, even if it was eight, I'd take the under on it. Mm. Um, I think he's really good. Uh, it's just that, man, that, that, that offense is just like super bipolar. It's like one day they're super yeah. rushy next day. They're super passy. Like I, I, I just don't trust it. And I think they had a good passing game last week. So they're going to go back to just running the rock all day long. All right. Now, next we have Devonte Booker with 14.5 rushing attempts over or under on the 14.5 rushing attempts. Hmm. Entirely possible. What you calling over or under on the 14.5 rushing attempts? On the 14.5 rushing attempts? <sighs> under. Uh, I'm going to take the under two because Giants are going to be in negative game script. All right. J.D. McKissick versus KC um, with 23.5 receiving yards. Over or under? 23 and a half receiving yards. Look, um, I'm going to take the over on that one uh, because, again, I think that uh, Taylor Heineke is a guy they like to get him out of the pocket. Uh, they like to get him moving around. And, uh, you know, when J.D. McKissick is a guy that definitely has shown a lot of ability to be involved in the pass-catching game. So when they get Taylor Heineke rolling out, if he doesn't find that option downfield, which more often than not, he's going to be looking for my boy, Score McLaurin, uh, McKissick's going to be there. He's going to be available. So I, I think 23 and a half is going to be pretty easy for him to eclipse. Terry McScorn, friend of the show. Absolute friend of the show. <laughs> Absolute friend of the show. Uh, I'm hitting that over to on that receiving yards just because not only like it's when people talk about why isn't Antonio Gibson playing in passing downs like he was a receiver in college. Well, the thing with J.D. McKissick is not only that he can catch the ball is he is an amazing pass blocker. And that's why he's taking those those snaps mm. is because he can pass protect very well. So um, he's going to be on the field a lot. Uh, I'm taking the over. Trevor Lawrence in London at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, uh, over under one and a half passing touchdown. I think he's a bit of a sleeper this week. Honestly, I'm, I'm disappointed overall in Trevor Lawrence if I'm a Jags yep. fan uh, as a first overall draft pick to see what he's done so far this year. But uh, I think he's a sleeper this week. I think uh, I, I would take the over one and a half. I think this will be a good week for him. Overall, I'm disappointed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably not starting him in fantasy if I haven't. Uh, luckily, I don't in any of my leagues. But um, I'm taking the over on that one for this week. I think I think he'll get two or three. Yeah, uh, Xavier Howard is out. Uh, so I, I, oh, I think he, it's oh, – yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure he's out. So uh, I think it's that Trevor Lawrence game that he wakes up and uh, delivers us a couple <clears throat> passing touchdowns. All right, so now we're going to go in. Would you rather – First one, Joe Mixon versus Detroit or Antonio Gibson versus KC? 
I like both of these matchups, honestly. If you have both of these guys on your fantasy team, try to start both. But yeah. presuming you don't, right, um, or presuming that you you absolutely have to make a decision between one of the two. Just I'm for taking, discussion purpose. Yeah, for discussion purposes, I, I, I would take Joe Mixon in this one. Um, I, I recently traded for Joe Mixon in Dynasty, as you know, and I'm excited for this week. I think this is going to be a big week for him, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. But Antonio Gibson probably going to have a pretty good day, too. My only problem there is I do think that J.D. McKissick is going to vulture some of his touches in the passing game, and um, that primarily because KC, obviously, their offense is still able to uh, to generate. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what the game script is going to look like there, but you do feel like maybe he, he has a good chance to have a good game. But I'm taking Joe Mixon. I'm taking Joe Mixon too, and um, shout out to the dope guy that helped you uh, broker that trade for Joe Mixon. All right, so we're going to go next one. DJ Moore versus uh, Minnesota or Deontay Johnson versus Seattle? That's a, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one because uh, I do think DJ Moore is going to have a good game, but Juju Smith-Schuster is out. We know he's not playing. Uh, and Chase Claypool looks like he is going to be playing, right? So yes. that makes – Deontay Johnson is basically the, the number one option for them. I think yep. he's going to get a lot of uh, targets, and I think he's going to have the better day. I, I don't and think – Seattle's defense is horrible, man. Yeah. They have a horrible <laughs> passing defense. Seattle's defense is horrible. So you, you're going to have a lot of fun with either – Claypool or Deontay Johnson. Now, I think yeah. DJ Moore is going to have a nice day, but I don't think he's going to come close to what Deontay Johnson is going to put up. I think Big Ben uh, is going to be throwing tons of balls his way, and I think they're going to beat up on Seattle uh, early. And I think by the end of the first half, you're probably going to have more points out of Deontay Johnson than you will out of DJ Moore in the whole game. Yeah, man, I agree. All right, now for a less sexy one, McCole Hardman versus Washington or Tim Patrick versus Vegas? McCole Hardman, the problem with McCole Hardman is uh, you got to monitor the status of Tyreek Hill. He's been limited in practice this week. Actually, in fact, if, I might be wrong. He might not have practiced. He's, he's injured. So there's a possibility mm-hmm. that he's not going to play. If he's injured, they're not going to take chances with him. They absolutely need him. So that would open up a lot of opportunities for McCole Hardman. Right. If he plays, McCole Hardman is boom or bust. Right. Either Patty Mahomes finds him for a big touchdown, he has a great day, or he doesn't, and he ends up with like two fantasy points on one catch. Right. So the problem there is is you have no idea what's going to happen with him. Tim Patrick, I think, on the other hand, same thing I said for Cortland Sutton. I don't trust the Raiders' defense. I don't think they're any good. I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to have problems stopping Cortland Sutton, and I think that's going to open things up for Tim Patrick. So I would go with Tim Patrick in this case. You're right. It's not a sexiest – it's not the sexiest one we've talked about so far, but if I have my choice, I'm going with Tim Patrick. I'm going with Tim Patrick and also breaking news. Um, you know, as the curse goes, that PL is not going to have any fun in fantasy football. Christian McCaffrey is going to IR. They've just put Christian McCaffrey on IR. Um, that's now – Four, four or five of my running backs in Dynasty that are on IR. Uh, just having a great, great time, bud. Just having a great time. So we'll keep this conversation going before I start crying. Um, we got Marvin Jones Jr. versus LaVisca Chanel Jr. Both versus Miami in London. It is the battle of the juniors in Jacksonville. Which junior are you taking? Well, I've uh, in in one of my redrafts, I have uh, Lavisca, so I'm I'm going with Lavisca. 
um, I, I think, like we talked about Trevor Lawrence earlier, I think he's going to find a few touchdowns. I think he's going to get that over 1.5. And I think that if he gets three, I think maybe two of them go to LaVisca. I think LaVisca is going to have the better day. Um, I, I, I really, I hate to even pick anybody from the Jacksonville offense because they've been so, sure. you, you talked about it already, right? Bipolar, right? Yeah. We have no idea what we're going to get from them. Trevor Lawrence is a disappointment, but out of those two for me is LaVisca. Yeah, I mean, I have Marvin Jones, and I mean, Marvin Jones is the safer bet, and especially in situations like that, Marvin Jones has, yeah, exactly, man. He he has shown throughout his career that whenever, because he's never been a receiver one, but he's always shown that whenever the receiver one goes down in the team he's playing for, that he's there to step up. And you know what? I didn't see it. I didn't see it last week. He was supposed to be that number one guy, and it was kind of a bit disappointing. The passes weren't that great, but that being said, just because for the fact that LaVisca Cheneau is being used, can be used in various different ways. He can go outside. He can go in the slot. He can go in the backfield. Uh, he can go in the wildcat formation. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Cheneau. I'm going to take Cheneau just because of the various ways that they can get him the ball. Um, he, I, think, I think he's going get, to get more points, and I think, like you said, he might get one of those touchdowns. All right, so we're going to go into our last one um, in the same game, playing on different sides of the ball, uh, different teams. We got Michael Pittman Jr. versus Houston and Brendan Cooks versus Indy. Who are you taking? For, for me, it's Pittman. I, 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 um, I think he's got some good chemistry going with Carson Wentz. Uh, yep. I think that uh, that is – especially against Houston, who does Houston have on defense, right? Who, who do they have? They're, they're pretty bare, right? Yep. I think it's going to lead to a very good day for Pittman. I don't know what Brandon Cooks is going to do, honestly. Um, I think you, the problem with Brandon Cooks is very boomer bust, right? He's either going to have a beautiful day or he's going to have a terrible one. Pittman, I feel like, has a way better floor, and I think like his ceiling is even higher as well. So mm-hmm. I'm yep. going with Pittman because I think the range of where his points are going to fall is just better. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going with Pittman. I think he's the best receiver. I, I, I had him as a breakout candidate this year and a league winner. Um, he is good, man. And last week, he mossed somebody like real hard. Yeah. Um, dude is good. Plus also, uh, Indy has a better quarterback. You won't hear me saying that often about Carson Wentz, but he is the better quarterback in that matchup. Uh, so yeah, man, full throttle on Pittman. So that was it for our week six preview. As always hit us up on our socials. If you have start and sit questions, you have trade questions, you have anything hit us up at sideline guide. It both on Twitter and Instagram. And if not, um, hope you enjoy this episode and uh, we'll see you next time. Enjoy your Sunday football. And uh, here we go. We out. <laughs>